I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, how should Washington actually approach spending bills during this time of incredibly high inflation? Many in Washington, D.C. say they're shocked. They're shocked that negotiations between Senator Joe Manchin and other Senate Democrats over the president's latest Build Back Better bill seem to have fallen apart. I can't believe the shock factor there. Uh, But is it really that surprising? Should the party learn uh, from previous setbacks to help us break all of that down? Eric Bame, of course, is a reporter for Reason, and I always appreciate Eric's perspective. Uh, Eric, so it does appear, uh, and you wrote about this today at Reason.com, that uh, it does appear that Joe Manchin has just sunk President Biden's Build Back Better. I don't know if we're on to 2.0, 6.7, or what we are, but it seems to be sinking once again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thanks for having me on, Boyd. Uh, always glad to be here with you. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if this is 2.0. I, I almost tentatively called it 3.0 when I was writing that piece, <laughs> but I thought that might be confusing. We really did kind of a 2.0 yeah. effort. That was in the fall after the first effort was kind of last summer. Uh, but yeah, the, the math hasn't changed on this for Democrats, right? The math is they've got 50 seats in the Senate. They're probably not going to get any Republican votes. So that means if you want to move anything, you know, even leaving aside the the whole filibuster issue, if you want to move anything, you've got to have 50 votes plus the vice president as the tie breaking vote. And uh, that means you can't lose any of your own members. And so that's obviously the leverage uh, that uh, that Joe Manchin and to a to a lesser degree, Kirsten Sinema and to an even lesser degree, some other uh, senators who's they like to keep their names out of the media. But really, we know it's more than just those two um, who have uh, reservations about this plan. They've had reservations about this plan now for you know more than a year. And uh, and I think, as I pointed out in the piece today, I think Manchin has been proven right. You know, he said last year, uh, I don't want to spend this much more money, two billion or, or more uh, additional dollars when inflation is a concern. And, uh, you know, here we are. It looks like he was right to be worried about that. Yeah, Senator Manchin was clearly uh, prophetic uh, when everyone else was calling inflation transitory at best uh, and uh, said, no, we, we just can't do that. Really interesting. Just uh, in the last little bit, uh, Senator Manchin has gone to one of his new go to sources, a West Virginia radio show. Uh, yeah. and uh, said, look, I, I told Chuck Schumer we got to wait uh, on the inflation stuff until after July's decision to see where that is and uh, seems to be saying what he has been saying all along, that I, I think there are so many, uh, in, including Senator Schumer, who just believe that the party uh, instinct is going to prevail with Joe Manchin at some point. And Joe Manchin uh, keeps saying, look, this isn't the best job I've ever had. If you think I'm selling my soul... <laughs> to the party. Uh, you you just don't get it. Uh, but I want to get to something that you just mentioned, Eric, that is often off the radar. Uh, Joe Manchin uh, is the tip of the spear in all of this. 
Uh, but he's not alone, and it's not just Senator Cinema from Arizona. Uh, there are a number of others who, one, are all too happy for Joe Manchin to, to kind of catch the javelins on this. Uh, but yeah. it is a broader problem for the Democrats. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's obviously a divide uh, in the Democratic caucus. In the Senate, there's also a bit of a divide between kind of the dominant faction in the House uh, of House Democrats, I should say, and the dominant faction in the Senate. Um, the, the House has uh, got a more progressive voices, kind of louder progressive voices, a, a larger number of them um, who have pushed, you know, on, on every one of these big bills that we've seen during the, the Biden years. Um, it's been really driven by uh, the House and the White House working together and then trying to just sort of like, you know, crowbar it through the Senate. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the math that we talked about, too, where there's just there's only 50 votes in the Senate. And so it is, you know, it obviously is more difficult uh, to get anything through the Senate. A lot of that is by design. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, I mean, that's that's the, what they're running up against here. And I think if you're Manchin or for that matter, if you're any other Democratic senator from a, a, it doesn't even have to be a, as red of a state as Joe Manchin is from, from a state like West Virginia. But if you're from a, a purple state, as Senator Cinema is. Um, or if you're from a place where, you know, Joe Biden is not polling well, which is quite frankly, the vast majority of the country right now, like it's uh, it's I think it's difficult to put yourself out there to feel like you would be gaining anything by putting yourself out there and delivering a win for the president, uh, a win that, like, let's be frank, is not going to turn around his poll numbers. Right. A few billion dollars uh, on a climate change initiative is something that Biden would be able to campaign on and something that the Democrats would be able to campaign on, on the mid in the midterms. But that's not seriously going to move the needle for most voters when uh, when inflation is at 9.1 percent like it is right now. Yeah. One of the things that I love that you pointed out in your your piece today, Eric, is that uh, that one thing Senator Manchin has demonstrated, and that is that he's been willing to change the political calculus based mm-hmm. on reality, which which sadly is a radical thing in today's politics uh, to say, no, we, we have to adjust and do this. Now, he has been open about things that he likes in some of the president's proposals. Uh, And I think he's saying, look, we have to base what we do next from a policy standpoint based on the reality of what's happening at the kitchen table for the American people and the economy. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I put that in there as a bit of a barb at uh, the sort of line of analysis that's out there that suggests that Manchin has just been, you know, he's just been a consistent no vote. He's just like, he's the guy who's always the stumbling block for the Democrats. And I can understand why some on the left might see it that way and be frustrated about that. But uh, the way I see it is that Manchin is the one who's actually been negotiating uh, in in good faith through most of this process. Like he's put out, uh, he, he last summer at one point uh, gave uh, Schumer, gave uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer a, a sort of an outline of what he'd be willing to support. He said, uh, several times he's been very clear about his reservations regarding the uh, the size of the deficit, and he wants you know at least the the number that's been thrown around the most is he wants half a billion dollars of new revenue, whatever package of of revenue is included in this uh, to be dedicated to uh, reducing the deficit, which I think is a very common sense, and and if anything is really too small of a of a, an approach there, but uh, that's obviously recognizing. The fiscal reality that the country is in in a way that you just don't hear people in in Washington really ever talk about. Um, So he's doing that. Uh, He's obviously expressed concerns about inflation and continues to do that. So, like, he's the person who seems to be, you know, actually paying attention to what's happening and saying, well, hold on, we need to tailor our uh, our political responses here, our policy responses to the country's fiscal and economic situation. Like, that's that's our job as members of Congress. 
And uh, I just don't really see that from the Biden administration. It seems like, uh, you know, when he took office, we were coming out of the pandemic and the answer was spend more money and grow the size of government. And now inflation was taking off. And the answer was spend more money and grow the size of government. And now inflation is still going. uh, But the economy is maybe getting a little shaky in some ways. And the answer seems to be like spend more money and grow the size of government. It just doesn't look like there's no like, oh, okay. But obviously circumstances have changed in the last 18 months, Joe. Like what's, you know, what's the new idea? And uh, there just hasn't been one. It's been this build back better, build back better, build back better over and over again. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think the White House needs to obviously change its approach here because this is not working. Yeah, it's the uh, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm. And the, the nail seems to the keep pounding is the build back better and, and uh, spend more money and expand. The, <laughs> it sounds the role of good, Boyd. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> it's a good, it's a, it's a good it's bumper a sticker. It's a little slogan they got. That's the only part of it that works, I think. So. <laughs> oh, great perspective as always. And, and I, lo- I do love the fact, Eric, that you really pointed out this whole thing of, of a, a true leader has to change based on the reality on the ground. Uh, well, hope is great. Hope is important, especially in America, but hope is not a strategy. Uh, and I think the administration uh, and uh, Democrats in Congress have got to look at what is a strategy that will meet with the reality uh, that the American people are living and that the country is living under. And uh, as always, great perspective. Eric, thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, you too, boy. Thanks a lot. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, some final thoughts on this Friday. And we're going to look at some speeches. We're going to look at some words that never were delivered but are more timely today than ever before. Find out what that's all about coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.